You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Welcome to Paranormal Pets Radio at PetLifeRadio.com. My name is Brandy Stark, and I'm your host for today's segment. And today we're talking about pets and sensitivity to the paranormal. This is a really exciting topic, and I'm excited to have this guest with us today. I was talking with her just a few minutes before we started the show, and uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. Her name is Shana, and she is from Nevada. Hi. Good morning. Good morning for you out there. Good afternoon. Oh, thank here. you. And uh, we good already... day to you because it's afternoon already. It is. It's amazing. We we're already talking about uh, about the temperatures and everything. So it's a, it's really <laughs> exciting though to have you on the show because I've known you for a while, primarily through the paranormal research that I do and several of the listservs. And I know of your website. I think I actually have an article on it too. Yes, you do. Yes, and um, ghost hunting. Yes, safe ghost hunting, ghost hunting 101, and uh, that was just a real honor to write write for your site. It's uh, very comprehensive. So we are going to talk with you from your researcher role because you you do a lot of research, and I know you research mythology, folklore, and the paranormal, and all three of those tie in perfectly with pets. So we're just going to start out with you telling us a little bit about your background in just a moment. We need to pause for a couple of announcements, and we will be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. I'm Christine Latham, host of The Pampered Pooch. And I'm Vicki Nixon, your co-host. Ever get tired of people that say it's just a dog? Well, we do. It is a growing trend that people love and treat their pets like they are their children. This podcast series will be on topics inclusive of how people pamper their pooches, no matter how big or how small they are. On The Pampered Pooch, we'll talk about pet parties, happening social events, health, and nutrition. Each week, we pick a product of the week, a pooch of the week, and a pooch needing to be adopted. If you like to treat your pet like the royalty they are, then The Pampered Pooch is for you. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Okay, and welcome back to the show. I have with me today, Shana, who is an amazing researcher and has compiled quite a bit of information about folklore, mythology, and the paranormal. And she is here to talk to us a little bit. Shana, would you like to tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I got interested in the paranormal at a very young age because I have always been sensitive. In other words, I have always seen spirits. So I thought it was something normal that everybody could do. And um, I eventually grew up to learn that, no, that isn't true. So um, I just simply researched it on my own without saying anything, you know, just to gain the knowledge and know what I would understand, have an understanding of what I was going through. Excellent. So you actually come from this from a sensitive perspective as well as a research perspective, which is it's always unique. Well, this is just wonderful to have you. Now, the reason that I originally contacted you is that you had this great story that you were talking about with one of your pet cats. And Paranormal Pets, the show has gotten a lot of requests for cat stories. People love their cats and, and they seem to know that the cats are quite sensitive. So I'd like to hear that story if you don't mind telling it again and uh, let's just see where, where we can go with that. Okay, and that'll be great. Um, my story, well that particular story started in 2006 and it was just a regular morning. I was up early like I always do and go through my emails before getting to my morning chores. And um, so I was sitting in front of the TV, um, I mean the PC, and I had my little girl Bassett, who's, uh, who's named after the goddess Bast, the Egyptian goddess, cat goddess. Excellent. <laughs> and um, she's a Himalayan and Siamese mix. So she was just sitting and, well, laying in the chair next to me. And um, all of a sudden I got this 
like feeling that you're, you know, you're being watched. Mm-hmm. So I looked behind me, and directly behind me is the kitchen, and of course I looked and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. So um, I gave it not a second thought and, you know, just went back to my PC. When she all of a sudden opened up her eyes and stood up on her hind legs, kind of like what a chipmunk does when, or a squirrel when they eat a nut. Mm-hmm. And she was just peering over the back side of the chair, looking in the same direction where I was getting the feeling from. So she was just watching, and she never moved from that upright position on her hind legs. And her little head was moving side to side as if whatever it was was pacing back and forth. So I again turned and looked behind me, and I still don't see anything, but I still sense it. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going to waste time on this. I'm just going to keep at my email quest. And um, obviously it did not like being rejected of attention because the garbage can lid flew up and fell on the ground. Oh, my. Uh, in all, yeah. In all of this, Bass had never moved. She just kept in her upright position looking towards the kitchen. So I got up and I sat in a you know, stern but respective voice, you know, now that was not nice. And I got the lid and I put it back on the garbage can and I went back to my chair and sat down. And just at that moment, she came down from her upright position and curled up again, but kept her eyes open like if she was still unsure if it had left or not. The funny thing about the whole story is that my um, male cat, Midnight, who is an ocelot um, and domestic mix, slept through the whole thing. He never once stirred. No, he never once gave any reaction. And he was the closest to the kitchen because he was at, he was curled up in the back of the sofa. Mm-hmm. So, but he never gave any reaction. And usually, he's the first one to alert of a presence when there is one in the vicinity. So that was kind of funny. That is interesting. Now, an ocelot, uh, those are kind of like, they're not like bobcats, are they? They're similar, but they have a longer body, and they're not so fluffy, so to say. They have the, the prints that look almost like jaguar, but they're gray and black. Beautiful. Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because as a paranormal investigator, I also take, on occasion, I will take my pets on specific investigations. And as I said uh, earlier, I do need to specify that I don't experiment with my animals or on my animals. But uh, basically, there are some pretty strict parameters that that I usually have to meet in taking my pets out. One, I have to have had the spirits of St. Petersburg there before. We've had to have checked it and made sure that the place is, is not a negative or hostile entity. Two, the uh, home or business owner has to approve of it. Three, the pugs have to behave for the day to get to go because they're they're very <laughs> naughty most of the time. And four, I usually end up focusing so much on, on the two or the one pug that gets to go that if anything does happen, I do remove them. And so far it has not, but the, the plan is to remove them from the premises immediately if they show signs of distress. So we do look for all these parameters, but I do find it interesting that when you mentioned your ghost story with the two cats, that one cat sensed it and one didn't. I've had phenomena actually happen once in the presence of several pugs and only one acknowledged it and the others did not. 
And do you think it works the same in animals as it does in humans where individuals might be more sensitive than others? I mean, why would your one cat sense it and the other not sense it, do you think? Oh, of course. It, it could be either that or it could be that he felt no threat from the okay. entity. Or, so he gave it no second thought of giving it any attention. I think they are very, very smart when it comes to that. And just like you said, um, some may be more sensitive than others, or some may react to all of them, like maybe a fear, like, a, like a, a, the way a person would fear seeing something or being startled, so to say. Mm-hmm. And the others may not regard it as anything that dramatic to give it attention to. Okay, so it might even be, you know, for example, a paranormal investigator sensitive versus a, you know, a secular or non-trained sensitive. You know, when exactly. a paranormal investigator comes across it, it's oh, well, that's interesting. Whereas, you know, another person might panic. So it might be the same with animals then. That's right. Oh, isn't that when neat? It comes, when it comes to, to to animals, they they pick things up in such different ways. And they have one, their senses are more heightened than ours. Mm-hmm. So for them to pick things up would be like they are traveling antennas, so to say. So even if a, a paranormal investigator doesn't have a psychic in a group, having a, a dog or, or a cat, well, a dog would be easier, of course, <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, well, to have a dog, it, you know, it, the dog will automatically pick up on any little movement that the human right. eye would would fail to to even register. You're right. That is one issue with the pugs. They've been on the pugs that I primarily take are Odyssey and of course he's now 13 and a half. He's getting up there. And then I have oh, his wow. two uh, his two protégés which are Odysseus and Achilles. And um, on the investigations, you know, the issue with the pugs is that, and the reason I have to focus on them so much is that they are just excited to be there. So they're all over the place and they're happy and excited and panting and they want attention because, of oh, course, for them it's them. a new adventure. It's, oh, they it's have- a whole new world of smells and sights and absolutely to explore <laughs> but it, it does become a little bit problematic and of course evps are always fun with panting pugs in the background but primarily <laughs> because uh, it is interesting when they do react i have taken odyssey to a local pet friendly hotel and uh he'd been there once before they just turned pet friendly the second time we were there he actually he showed some signs of agitation but it wasn't anything horrible or bad. He just seemed, it was when I left the room and would come back in, I think I had to go get a piece of equipment. People said, well, he missed you. And I said, okay, and that's, that's okay. But the entire time we were there, he didn't really seem to have a response except for the attention until we went to this one room. And pugs are a little stubborn. They have their own personality. They do their own thing. But normally he's at this point, he's pretty attached and he listens okay when he wants to. And normally in a new place, he'll listen. And uh, we were actually uh, crossing through this one room and people later reported feeling like they really felt like there was something there and it was sad. It was very sad. And the odd thing is that Odyssey actually pulled hard enough to that I just kind of released the leash. You know, I don't keep him strictly tight at that point. And he walked straight through the room and I called to him and called to him and I said, Odyssey, come back here. He completely ignored me, straight line out the other door, and he sat down outside that door. And so to me, that was pretty amazing because it was only later that I found out that people were saying, you know, when I go in there, I feel like, you know, there's somebody watching me and I feel like it's very sad in there. I really think Odyssey picked up on that. It was the only time he did that the entire night, and it was just very odd. Dogs are known to comfort. Dogs are known to comfort people when, when that's part of their domestication. 
mm-hmm. um, they will sense a person when they're sad, and they will come and rest their little heads on, on your lap or, you know, nudge you. That's, mm-hmm. it, he could have picked it up in any which way, knowing that something happened there, or he mm-hmm. could have sensed it in any, in any form. That, that would that would explain it completely. Like I said, since they are, our dogs are so known to comfort people, you know, exactly. and the feeling of sadness. Well, why do you think animals seem to be more sensitive than humans? What do you think is the well, big impetus for that? Well, besides the fact that, like I said before, their senses are more heightened than ours. They're hearing their sight. Um, cats, for example, are claimed to be half here and half there anyway. Mm-hmm. So when I say half here and half there, I mean half in this world and half in, in the spirit plane. Absolutely. So, um, they're also innocent. They, they're not corrupted like a child. Mm-hmm. They're not corrupted by, no, that's not true, or there's no such thing as ghosts or anything like that. They see what they see, they feel what they feel, and they react to those senses. Um, what a person may deny or brush off as coincidence or just, oh, that didn't happen, a dog or a cat, it's happening. That's it. That's all they know. It, it's happening. So it's a direct so, sensing. It's yeah. a direct response to stimulus then. Well, it's, it's like I've seen pictures of people will say, my cat seemed to be going after something invisible, mm-hmm. so I snap the picture and orbs will show up. Okay. And you'll see the cats almost like swatting at the orbs in the, in the pictures. Okay. Or the dogs barking or growling at the orbs in the pictures. It's, it's, it, for them, it's happening. It, there is no, is this for real? Is, is, what is that? You know, it's more, there's something here and it's not supposed to be, so I'm going to react to it. Interesting. Well, we will pick up with that topic in just a moment. We need to pause for a couple of announcements. And uh, I think that is very fascinating, just the difference in perception that animals and humans have when it comes to the paranormal. So holding that thought, we will be right back. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, 
Human? What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Okay, and welcome back to the show. We're still working on pets and sensitivity. And uh, actually, I had a question on this, and I I don't know uh, what you think on this, but how would somebody know if an animal is sensing something? I mean, we were talking that that sometimes animals are, they can be a little unpredictable, or sometimes they're a little hard to read. I know the pugs some days are complete enigmas. I I can't figure them out. And I've, I've grown up with them, a third generation pug owner. But how would somebody know if an animal is sensing something versus an animal just being a pet an animal yes (laughs) Uh, you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. um the the pet if if you're with your pet all the time you you get to learn its likes dislikes how it reacts like a cat how it reacts to catnip you'll go crazy for a while it'll be content and go after its little invisible stuff okay (laughs) but when it's not on catnip you know something's different But a cat, a dog, um, even a bird will see, well, their reactions to the spirit world, if you really pay attention, you will know something is different. They will growl. They will, um, their hair on the back of their neck will stand up just like a human's. Mm -hmm. And I have seen this in both dogs and cats. They will stare wine, depending on how they sense the entity to be. 
So it's really a matter of paying attention um, and looking in the direction, stopping what you're doing and just trying to feel around you. Feel if, see if you can sense yourself what they may be reacting to. And you never know. You might just catch something or see something. If, if you're in doubt, you can always take, try taking a picture mm-hmm. at that moment in the direction they're looking at or growling at or, or reacting to because they, they will give off certain signs. And you just have to, like I said, pay attention. So if, if you, being sensitive or not, it, the, the animals will be sensitive for you. Okay. And what should a person do if a pet is sensing something? I mean, how do you react to that other than taking a picture? I mean, what happens if the pet becomes agitated? What's the smartest thing to do when it comes to animals and protecting them? Well, if there's anybody else in the room and for your own protection and they are so agitated, they are uncontrollable. If it's a dog barking or something like that, the best thing would be was you know, to coax it, try to relax it and remove it from the room. A cat will run from the room. Okay, it will cats. Growl, it will hiss, and it will go. <laughs> cats aren't going to wait around for you. It's not going to wait for you to, to say it's okay. It will just dart. But a dog, if it's determined to protect its family because it is pack oriented, just try to coax it, try to relax it, and try to remove it from the room. Um, so that just you know, just as a precaution, so that nobody can get hurt. For it may be fearing for itself and for its owners or the people it's trying to protect and it may lash out but not in a bad way but mm-hmm. simply out of fear. Okay. So it's just try to relax the dog, coax it, call it by its name, rub, it, rub its head, rub behind its ears and try to coax it out of the room. And you can also always try to ask the entity to please leave. Okay. That's but true. In a, in a respectful voice. I always tell this to people, do it. And just like you would talk to another person mm-hmm. in a respectful voice, can you please leave my dog is agitated or you're scaring the child or in okay. any of the situations. Excellent. Is there any way that you can, let's say, I was going to say, can you train a pet towards sensitivity? I don't know if that's possible or not. Well, if you could train a pet to follow your commands, like sit heel, it's okay, stand down, like that. Even when it senses something, something, okay, you know how the canine works? They have their dogs who are highly trained, and they, they sense out by using their sense of smell to mm-hmm. find drugs and other items. Well, it's the same thing. If you have a dog that's highly trained, even though it senses something and it can show you in the direction where it's being sensed, and you say, good boy or good girl, and you tell the, give the dog praise and tell it to sit and mm-hmm. just wait, that will be great. That, that's an extra bonus in, in my book for, for a paranormal investigator to have. Excellent. Now, what are some of the most sensitive animals out there for, for sensing the paranormal? Well, via folklore... Um, birds, including roosters, um, especially roosters are named in folk- folklore. But many people have said their cockatoos or other birds have sensed presences. Um, goats, horses, and horses come out in many stories of ghosts, and not only as sensing, but in ghostly forms. Yeah, um, that's dogs, so interesting. Yeah, dogs and cats, of course. 
and um, cows have also been known to, believe it or not, <laughs> um, yeah, just, have been claimed. They just don't, cows are wonderful creatures, don't get me wrong. I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> so the cows can live, but uh, they just never seem to, I don't know, they're just, a horse I can see because they seem to be so interactive. And I, I've read Greek and Roman ghost stories that talk about a horse's sensing ghosts as well as dogs. I mean, this goes very far back. But cattle are always kind of interesting. Well, you have to hear the old farmer stories, too, where they say their cattle or their herd, um, their sheep will react to things. Okay. um, And they will just huddle together when supposedly a spirit or something. Mostly these stories are about an evil entity. Okay. When they sense something, they will just all huddle together and, and try to protect themselves that way. They, they don't know what to do. A horse will rear up and, and whine and take off or, you know, try to protect itself. So will a dog, so will a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, but cattle or, or goats and sheep, they tend to huddle in these it's a, stories. It's the herd. It's the herd mentality. Sure. Exactly. And just try to protect themselves that way. That would actually, uh, not, not that I would want stress on the animal, but it would be interesting to see. Very unique situation. Uh, so I guess if, if anybody listens to the show and they have cattle, sheep, or goats, keep an eye on them too. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think that breed matters when it comes to pets and sensitivity? You mentioned that you have a Himalaya, a Himalayan Siamese mix, and then you have, you know, and I have pugs, and I actually have the Paranormal Pugs page, you know, and, and my theory is that perhaps some breeds might be more sensitive than others. Do you think that's true? Yes, in a way, yes, I do. I think all animals have that sensitivity, but some, like people, pay more attention than others. Mm-hmm. For, you know, not to give a bad name to Cocker Spaniels, but <laughs> I've noticed some... Some Cocker Spaniels will just not react to things, not even to their owners talking to them. And, and, and some sometimes, and I and I often wonder about those dogs. I I, I like to sit and observe them, mm-hmm. but um, it all really depends on really the, the dog and their owner and their relationship, how close they are, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but breed, I I think it runs just like. In humans, in a way, they all have the potential, but it all depends if they pay attention themselves. Interesting. Do you think animals respond differently to weaker entities versus more powerful entities? I mean, you mentioned uh, when your cat responded that you actually had an entity flip off the garbage can lid, and that you know, in order for an entity to he move, never so- moved. Yeah. Well, he is. He's he's the one who, like I mentioned before, who will mostly sense things. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the little girl Bassett. He only seems to react to anything that has a very strong presence or uh, not so good disposition. Mm-hmm. So I guess he felt there was no threat from this entity, and thus paid it no attention. So it wasn't the level of strength of the entity as much as it is the intent, perhaps. Exactly. Excellent. Well, how can people learn more about this subject? You have a website, and would you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. My website is Wintersteel, wintersteel.com, and I have many stories there about pets or creatures that people can read about. Um, We do have a psychic facts page for people who need help 
or who wish to learn more about psychics and um, also about psychics and their children if, if they need information on that. And it includes animals. All of it includes, has little snippets here and there. There's animals um, for psychics, animals for as ghosts, stories, everything. Wonderful. And uh, again, that's wintersteel.com? Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Well, I thank you so much for being on the show with us today. You were a wonderful Thank you for inviting guest. me. And I know that we'll be speaking with you shortly because we're going to do a segment on ghosts and cats, specifically about cats. And actually, I should broaden that out, cats and the supernatural, because as you've uh, mentioned, cats are known to be half here and half in the other world. And uh, we've actually had requests for cat shows. So I'm very excited about that. And I think that will just be a fascinating show with all of your information. I think it will be great, too. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Paranormal Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Again, my name is Brandy Stark, and if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what I do, and I do actually have a couple of uh, pug investigations that you can also find, please check out the Spirits of St. Petersburg website at SpiritsOfStPetersburg.com. And uh, also, I do want to let people know that Pet Rescue is a wonderful way to get a new pet. Locally, I have seen uh, Labrador, Pug Rescue, of course, which is the one that I volunteer for. They're just all sorts of wonderful rescue groups. And in tough times and tough economies, the rescues are really being slammed with pets and donations are down. So if you get a chance and if you would like a new pet, a wonderful new pet, because a lot of these uh, animals are so appreciative of their new homes, please check out your local pet rescue rescue. And until next time, happy haunting. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>